Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. Aren't you glad the Bible is right? Glory to God. We thank God for our Heavenly Father. We thank God for Jesus. We thank God for the precious Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for Jesus. And we have the privilege of looking in God's Word tonight. We have a Bible, and we have the privilege that we can open it up and look in God's Word. And we're in the book of Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, the 13th verse. And Proverbs 22:13 in the King James Bible, the Protestant version says, The slowful man saith, There is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. In the positive thinking Bible, that same verse is rendered, quote, don't be so lazy that you say, if I go to work, a lion will eat me. Now, now don't that say, what kind of, a person says something like that, if I go to work, a lion will eat me. And what kind of testimony is that? What kind of something is that to say? Amen. Glory to God. Just making up excuses. In the Tanakh, Proverbs 22, 13 says, quote, the lazy man says, there is a lion in the street. I shall be killed if I step outside. I shall be killed if I step outside. Now, what do we, there's, as far as I'm concerned, there's three important things uh, right off the bat when you look at this. First of all, three important lessons that right you three things you see right away, and that is that the lazy man is always making excuses. The slow, the slothful or lazy man is always making excuses. Look at this. To get out of going to work, what does he say? Oh, I can't go to work. There's a lion out there. I'll be killed if I go outside. There's a lion. Look, man. Get up off your lazy duff and go to work. Amen? So we see a slow, slow, lazy man is full of excuses. The other thing we see from this is that when a person makes excuses, that means they don't want to do it. 
You hear the words, the excuses, but what did excuses mean? It means they don't want to do it. Young, young men, young men, if you want to meet a young lady and she's uh, uh, full of excuses, I don't give out my number. I don't go out on the first date. I don't do that. That means she's not interested in you for whatever reason. She's not interested in you. Oh, I, I, I have to make up my mind about that. Let me think on that. No, 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 no. Because if a, if a if a woman wants a man, she doesn't put any barriers in the way of him, of meeting him and getting to know him. She puts up no barriers to the person she wants to meet. If there's any kind of excuses, what does that what what should that tell you? That tells you she does she's not interested in you for whatever reason. Too short. Maybe you're too tall. Maybe you're not the handsome, uh, gorgeous thing she's been dreaming about all her life. Maybe you don't have enough money. Maybe you. Maybe you. I don't know what it might be. I couldn't have any. But when 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 and vice versa with men, with men, when a person starts making excuses, you hear the excuses. But what should that tell you? You have the wisdom to know if they're making excuses. That means they don't want to do it, okay? And then the third thing is, you know how important our confession in life is, our confessions in life, that we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, that we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Those are the kind of confessions that you should be making. But look, look, look at this guy. He says, a lion, is, I can't go out and work. I'll be killed. A lion, uh, there's a lion without. I can't go out in the street and go to work. A lion will get me. Amen? Yet that's your confession, that there's a lion outside and that. And then, and then, look at this, look at this, look at this. Remember when Jesus and, and many uh, study Bibles, commentaries, whatever. It says Jesus cursed the tree, the fig tree. So I said, "Oh, he cursed the fig tree." Let me go and see exactly what he said. Curse it, like we think of when someone uses profanity. It wasn't that kind of curse. He said, "No fruit grow on thee forever anymore." Amen. Or something. I, I, I'm not quoting him. I'm paraphrasing what he said. I don't have it right before me, but you remember the story. He was he was he was uh, coming. Uh, he was, it was early in the morning, and he was hungry, and he saw the fig tree, and he just knew that the leaves were on there, and he was gonna go get him something to eat. He got there, and there was no fruit on the tree, and he said, "No fruit grow on these forever again," or something like that. And the very next day, the disciples, as they was walking by the tree, called his attention to the tree and said, "Master, look how quick." The, the the fig tree is dried up from its roots, but the but all of the commentaries, Bible studies, whatever they say, Jesus cursed the fig tree. When I looked at what he said, it wasn't a curse like we think of when we say, you know, a person was cursing. No, he it wasn't profanity. He just said, "Don't no no fruit grow on you anymore." 
is basically what he was saying. Amen. And that came to pass. So I said, oh, that's a curse. Negative words, just negative words. That's what a curse is beside profanity. That's what a curse is. But look at what this says. We see people cursing, slowful people curse themselves. Because look, look, at what the, look at what he says in the Tanakh. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the street. I shall be killed if I step outside. You see how you're cursing yourself? You're saying, I shall be killed. Jesus just said, no fruit grow on you anymore. And the fig tree dried up. That was considered a curse. Okay? And I thought, oh, that ain't the curse. I thought a curse was, you know, a voodoo worker or something like that. But you see just negative words. But look at the negative words this guy says. I shall be killed. I shall be killed. What? You're going to say, what? You're going to curse yourself and say you're going to be killed if you, come on. That's not the kind of confession that you want to pronounce over yourself. You don't want to be saying that over yourself. I'm going to fail if I go to work. I'm not going to make it if I go outside. A lion is going to meet me and kill me if I I do this. A truck is going to run over me. If I get on the subway, the subway is going to derail and crash, and I'm going to die. Why are you going to say all those things? You don't want to be saying those things over yourself. So we see that that it says the slowful in the King James, quote, the slowful man saith. Well, when I looked up the word slowful, I went to the concordance. It's number 6102 in the Hebrew, part of the concordance. And the word means slack. It actually means slack. You know, you're a slacker. The slowful, he's a slacker. It means slack and or idle. Look at Proverbs 10.4. We'll see this. Proverbs, go to Proverbs 10.4. And you see this used in Proverbs. Proverbs 10.4. Proverbs 10.4 says, He becometh for, He becometh poor, that dealeth with a slack, slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Now, that verse right there, uh, when I'm talking about finances and success in this life, that's one of the verses I would use. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. So slackness or slowfulness leads to poverty, but diligence leads to riches. If you work for uh, Reverend Robinson on his jobs and you were diligent in every single thing you did, if you followed his instructions to the letter, if you made sure that all of the mortar was was stirred up and and formulated exactly right. If you laid the mortar down, if you prepared the foundation and you laid the mortar down at the right time, the right con- and, and you were diligent to make sure that the textures were right and the tiles were laid perfectly and they were laid just right and you did everything just the way he told you to. The Bible says that the hand of the diligent would make rich. 
Because first of all, being a Christian man, he's going to promote you. And then you're going to learn a trade. And after 10 years of apprenticeship, you could go out and start doing it yourself. And if you got your own business and you were diligent in that business, that would lead you to riches. Why? Because God's word is true. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. That word slowful means slack. And it says that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. If you're diligent in everything you do, eventually you will become rich. Why? Because you'll become good at it. And also there's a law that later on in the teaching we're going to run into. To him that hath shall more be given. If you're diligent, you learn more and more and more. And to him that hath shall more be given. Reverend Robinson wouldn't want to teach you if you didn't get the basic lessons. For him to give you intermediate lessons and wisdom into how to do a trade, his trade, you would have had to master the basic level. And then to him that hath shall more be given. When he knows you got that, he can give you more. Why? He can teach you more. Why? Because you have. What do you have? You've mastered all the basic stuff. You know how to use the trial, the trials, the, the equipment. You know how to do all of it. You mastered all the basic stuff. So he could give you more. And what is that? We'll see. It's, it's, we're going to get to it in our teaching. If we don't run out of time, we're going to get to it. The Bible says to him that hath shall more be given. But to have, you got to be diligent. If you don't master the basics, why would I give you the intermediate stuff or the advanced stuff? You don't have the basic stuff. And if you don't have the basic stuff, I can't give you more. I can't train you in more. Amen. How am I going to train you in options trading if you haven't if you haven't mastered knowing how to trade stocks? You haven't mastered that. That means you don't even know the dynamics and, and how to uh, put in execute orders that of what you want to do. You don't even know how to place the order correctly. Amen. So how I'd be crazy to try to teach you advanced stuff. And you don't know the basic stuff. Amen. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent, what is what happens to him? The hand of the diligent maketh rich. Diligence take you someplace to riches. Slackness and slowfulness takes you someplace to poverty. I'm up against a, a break. Hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on. I'll be right back. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. 
If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Beloved, we're talking about Proverbs 22.13. The slowful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. In other words, the slowful man, or the meaning of that word is slack, the slackard, He's full of excuses, amen? He's full of excuses because he don't want to work. He don't want to do it. His mind is on something else. He wants to take out his cell phone and talk to Kiki on the cell phone and laugh and joke. He wants to, he wants to text Kiki. He doesn't want to be diligent in his work, amen? He wants to laugh with Kiki. Uh, Proverbs twelve twenty four. Go to Proverbs twelve twenty four. It says, "The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. The slothful or slothful man shall be under tribute." When let's use Rome for instance, when Rome would conquer a city or whatever, people that they captured or that town, or that country, whatever it was, they would put that country under under tribute. I guess we would call it nowadays, I guess we would call it taxes. Amen? And once a year, they would have to send Rome, let's say, uh, uh, 5,000 talents of gold. And that was the tribute from that particular country. And every year that they sent the 5,000 talents of gold, Rome would leave them alone because they were under tribute by acknowledging, by sending that money to Rome every year, that that would be acknowledging that they recognized that they were under Rome's uh, lordship and that they, that they submitted to it. And here was the yearly tribute in full measure given to Rome. You know, uh, when Rome captured Egypt, one of the reasons they wanted to capture Egypt was uh, Egypt was the, the breadbasket of the Middle East. And so they were grain, they were big grain barges that would leave Egypt every day. And they would travel across the Mediterranean to, uh, to Rome. Why? Because one of the benefits of Roman citizenship was free bread. Bread would be handed out by the emperor so that everybody would love him. He'd give one of the things. You had to be a Roman citizen now. It wasn't for everybody. If you were a Roman citizen, free, you were, one of the things that you would receive was a ration of bread, free bread. Where'd they get all of that wheat to make that bread? They got it from Egypt. How did they get it from Egypt? Because Egypt was a conquered nation. And as a conquered nation, they were put under tribute. And one of the, one of the parts of the tribute was, I don't know the exact number, but let's just make up a number, 100 barges of grain annually from Egypt had to hit Rome. A hundred barges of grain. Now, I don't know the number, you know, but you get the idea. Whatever the number was, 
uh, Egypt had to pay that number. That had to pay it. And as long as that those barges of grain hit Rome, Rome didn't send legions in to subdue uh, Egypt. But if in any year the barges didn't show up, what would show up is two or three legions of Roman soldiers uh, coming into Egypt, and they would put down that government and put in a brand new government who understood that they must send tribute to Rome every year. And so the sluggard, he'll be, the slowful shall be under tribute. The slowful shall be under tribute. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to say something to you. We're gonna, I'm going to do a, a little aside here, okay? Because my heart is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave with my heart here. Things have changed in, uh, things have changed in America. Uh, uh, let's say 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the average house might have been $150,000. Someone, someone with an 8% loan, a mortgage on $150,000 at 8%, oh, you, you, you didn't pay back that much in interest. But now, because houses are 450, 500, 600, 700, $800,000. Now, 8% on a home at 800000 that generates a whole lot more interest for the banks than a home at $450,000 at 8%. Can you understand it? A gentleman was outlining. He was outlining this, and he showed where a house, someone borrowed $360,000 to buy a house. And at the mortgage rate that, that, that it finally, the mortgage rate that it finally came out to, three, four, five, four, $5,000 a month, whatever it is, you take, you take let's say, $450,000 at 8%. Okay? Uh, I wasn't planning on doing it, but since I'm sitting here, let me do that. That's $36,000. This is just interest, beloved. $36,000. $36,000. That's just interest payment for one year. Now, you're going to pay that for 30 years? You're paying back $1,080,000. Now remember, the loan is only three hundred and sixty, four hundred and fifty thousand. But you're paying them back over a million dollars. I'm talking about stuff for now. We're talking about tribute, and I was mentioning uh, uh, Egypt being under tribute, and I gave you a, an example. Now I'm giving you a today real example. The banks love it because these interest rates. You see, why do they love it? Because when they only had 8% on a house that cost 150000 they weren't making a million dollars over the course of 30 years. But as prices went up to three, four, five hundred thousand dollars dollars $500,000, on 500000 that's a whole lot more money they make until the poor person who only wants a roof over his head He's got a regular blue-collar job. He just wants a little house for his family. 
He's going to borrow 360000 maybe 400000 and doesn't realize he, the banks put him under tribute, under tribute. We, we just did it. Just the interest was 30, 36000 a year. So that's 3000 a month. So if the mortgage payment, the principal is two or 3000 and the interest payment is another 3000 three and three or six, that's 6000 right there. Now, that doesn't include taxes, and that doesn't include insurance, and that doesn't include AOH charges, and then other charges that is charged. Banks are putting Americans under tribute. But it's so they it's so um, people don't realize it. They don't realize the total cost of the loan. You're going to borrow three or four hundred thousand. But the, why is the bank why is the banker smiling as he leans back in his chair? Because he knows the higher the principal, the more money he'll make. Yeah, I'll loan you three hundred sixty thousand. I'll loan you four hundred thousand. You're going to pay me back a million? I'll smile all the way. I'll smile as you sign. I'll give you your little check. You can go buy your house. American people are being put under tribute without realizing it. The average car loan now is $700 a month. And now they want to finance it for 84 and Eighty-four and ninety-six months, seven, eight, and ten years, and the electric cars are even more. They're going to have to give you loans for ten years, and this is just for a car. This is just for a car. I remember forty, fifty years ago, seventy thousand dollars electric cars going for at least seventy grand. A house was seventy thousand. A house. Now a car is seventy thousand, and remember, you're you're it, it ain't seventy thousand at two point three percent. It's seventy thousand at seven percent, eight percent. Mortgages they want to go out to forty years, forty years, forty years. Americans are being put under tribute, and they're not realizing it. Why? Because constantly the media is saying inflation, 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 inflation. Everything is getting expensive. Everything is getting more expensive. Everything is getting more expensive. So the average guy thinks, well, I mean, it's just getting more expensive. What can I do? I just have to, what can I do? I just have to pay those prices. Let me tell you what you can do. You can do it God's way. When I read in the Masoretic version of the of the of the Torah in the 15th chapter in Deuteronomy, this is what it said. I'm not quoting it. This is what it said. God said, "Every seven years there shall be a remission of debt." What does remission mean? Forgiveness. Every seven years, God said, "You guys." Whatever the debts are, you have to solve them because everybody comes out of debt after seven years. Now, what's that tell you? That first of all, God don't want you in debt, period. I'm talking to God's people now. The world, they want to put you in bondage. They want to put you in debt. 
beloved. But pastors telling you God's way. Look it up. Well, if you look it up in the King James in the 15th chapter of Deuteronomy, it says that in the in the seventh year there shall be a release. I didn't know what release meant, so I kept on reading. But when I read it in another translation and it said every seven years there shall be remission of debt, all debts are to be forgiven every seven years. And in America, they're talking about putting Americans in debt for 40 years, four and $5,000 a month for 40 years. That's tribute. That's debt slavery. Now, they'll never use those words, beloved. They'll never use those words. Why? Because it'll scare you off. Do you know what the word mortgage means in French? It means chokehold, chokehold, chokehold. What's that do? That chokes off your money. All your money gets poured into your house. You don't have no money to do anything else. You can't go on vacation. You can't go to uh, your grocery store and just fill up your cart, two or $300 worth of groceries. No, you're counting every uh, a little loaf of bread. Don't get two loaves now. We, we only got twenty nine ninety five to spend. You ain't got no money. Why? Because the bankers are getting it all. The bankers are getting it all. I'm telling you, I'm appealing to you, beloved. I took this side. I took this little side venture here because what I'm what I'm saying is this. Here's here's what I'm saying to you. Please, beloved, please get of debt. Get out of debt. Car loans. A friend, a, 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 a person that I know. I know this for myself. I've seen it with my own eyes. They just bought a car. The interest rate was 33.99. That's 34. I mean, I'm sorry, 24.9, 239 That's 24%. 24%. 24% for a car loan. I'm asking you, beloved, please get out of debt. Get out of debt. Cut them credit cards in half. Get you a debit card. Do the same stuff. Start saving money. Start saving money so that you can buy stuff cash. Go into your own businesses. Go into your own uh, a media company. I know people that work from home. I know two people. I saw one. She's got her desk set up at home and everything. Her computer, she works right from home. Does everything from home. Makes money. I don't care what it is. Find something. Find something where you make enough surplus where you can start buying stuff cash. I'm out of time. 731. I'm out of time. I love you. Get out of debt. The Bible has the answers. See you next week. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church dot org 
That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.